your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 298 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. We are going to be talking quite a bit more about the Artemi Panarin situation today and specifically how it affects the Rangers from a hockey perspective. Because in yesterday's episode, or rather Monday's episode, two days ago, uh, we spoke about, you know, just the initial shock of, of hearing about these allegations and, you know, where are they coming from and could there possibly be any truth to any of them and is this a political hit piece all those kinds of questions today we'll try to look at it i mean we'll update that portion of it as well but we'll also look at it from kind of a hockey perspective and what the rangers can try to do as they prepare for life without artemi panarin for uh it looks like it's going to be two weeks so we'll, we'll see how that goes and we'll see how the rangers look to line up tonight we'll talk about some of their options as well rangers of course are back in action tonight against the flyers puck drops at 7 p.m we're also going to have updates on Capo Caco and Philip Heedle, and the Rangers also made a roster move today. But we'll start with Artemi Panarin. Obviously, this is still the uh, big news story surrounding this team right now, and there was a report from Molly Walker of the New York Post. According to her report, four former Vityaz teammates of Artemi Panarin told the Post that they never heard of the allegations made by their ex-head coach, Andre Nazarov. Again, Andre Nazarov is the one who alleges that Panarin, 10 years ago, uh, beat up an 18-year-old woman, and it's made under very suspect circumstances. Again, it's a situation where you don't want to just sweep allegations like this under the rug because they are very serious, but it doesn't take a detective to figure out that these are coming under uh, very suspect circumstances, given that just about a month ago, uh, Artemi Panarin was very critical of Vladimir Putin. He supported one of Putin's rivals in an Instagram post, and then a month later, you know, something that supposedly happened 10 years ago, somehow resurfaces. Uh, the timing of it is very strange. And Nazarov, for what it's worth, he's the one, again, who made these allegations. These allegations were not made by this 18-year-old woman or the woman who was 18 years old uh, when this incident supposedly took place. But for Nazarov, as I mentioned yesterday, he is a Putin supporter. And apparently, I don't have a direct quote here, but apparently in the past, he once basically said that any foreign player uh, in Russia who criticizes Russia in any way, should be thrown in jail. So I just wanted to add a little bit more context to exactly who Andre Nazarov is. Nazarov, like we talked about, uh, played in the NHL for several seasons and has been coaching in Russia ever since. Nazarov said that this supposed incident with Artemi Panarin and this 18-year-old woman happened while Panarin was partying in a hotel bar uh, following the team's loss. The long and short of this article, though, by Molly Walker is that all four of these players that she talked to for this, they seem to share the same sentiment that these allegations are fishy, difficult to believe, and I will say what I said yesterday. If Nazarov indeed witnessed this incident, and this actually did happen, and Panarin actually did uh, basically just attack an 18-year-old woman, then Nazarov, too, is at fault because why in the world would it take you 10 years to report something like that? You know, whether this woman was assaulted by Panarin or anyone else, and Nazarov, if you were there and this actually happened, then why did you not step in and, I don't know, prevent the assault from happening? This happened 10 years ago. 
Uh, Nazarov would have been 36 at the time. He was in the NHL for many years. You can't tell me that this guy was like completely helpless in a situation like this. And again, the entire thing just just seems very strange uh, when, when you consider the timing of everything. Panarin speaks out against Putin, and then a month later, we get allegations like this that a lot of people are having uh, a lot of difficulty believing. And again, they are very serious allegations, so I don't want to come on here and say 100% no, false, can't possibly have happened. I don't want to quite go that far, but again, when you look at all the facts here, um, yeah, these are made under very suspect circumstances, these allegations. And we also know that Artemi Panarin requested a two-week leave from the Rangers. The last time we talked about this, we didn't really know exactly how long Artemi Panarin was going to be out, if he even had any idea how long he was going to be out, if the Rangers had any idea how long he was going to be out. But it now sounds like Panarin went to the Rangers, requested a two-week leave of absence, and received it from the Rangers. Uh, I'm not sure who broke this specific news. I know that I personally saw it on Forever Blue Shirts. Uh, but Panarin, he made the request on Monday for two weeks. We will see if he and the Rangers end up sticking to that timetable, strictly two weeks. As far as how many games Panarin would miss, he's obviously not going to be out there tonight against the Flyers. He would also miss Friday night's game at home against the Bruins. He'll miss Sunday's game also home against the Bruins. That one starts at noon. He would also miss Tuesday, March 2nd's home game against the Sabres, Thursday, March 4th game in New Jersey against the Devils, Saturday, March 6th game in New Jersey against the Devils again, and Sunday, March 7th game at the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then if this two-week timetable is to be believed, he would be on track to return for Tuesday, March 9th, once again at the Pittsburgh Penguins. So let's see, that would be seven games that he would miss. Definitely a significant amount, especially in a shortened season. We're only playing 56 games this season, and you know, the Rangers, they're just going to have to find a way to get it done without him. And we're going to go ahead and talk about potential line combinations and how the Rangers can look to survive without Artemi Panarin in just a second. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors. And unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Tiger Woods hospitalized after a car crash early Tuesday morning. Host Peter Bukowski gives you the latest details. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. A couple other Ranger updates for you guys. Obviously, we know Artemi Panarin is not going to be available tonight. Neither will Philip Heedle, neither will Capo Caco. And we'll start with Caco here. Uh, as we all know, Caco was put on the COVID protocol list and missed the most recent Ranger game, a 4-1 to win on Saturday against the Washington Capitals. First and foremost, we hope that Capo Caco is okay. This is his second time this season being placed on the COVID protocol list. That doesn't necessarily mean that he has COVID. I suppose, fingers crossed, that he doesn't have COVID. And, you know, maybe it's a situation where he just came in contact with somebody who does. Maybe it's a situation where the Rangers are being uh, overly cautious. Maybe Kako is being cautious as well. And understandably so. 
COVID is no joke. It, it's obviously uh, caused a lot of anguish and a lot of pain around the world. And, you know, you just keep your fingers crossed that Capo Caco is okay here. Uh, from a hockey perspective, it's a tough loss. Uh, Caco only has two goals and one assist in 14 games this season. But anybody who's watched the Rangers, and especially recently, you can tell that Caco uh, looks like a better overall player this season. He's just more engaged. He'll go to the dirty parts of the rink. He'll fight for the puck. He's come within an eyelash of scoring a goal on a, a couple of different occasions over these last few games. And you got to believe he's close. I mean, it feels like, you know, people, they want to get more out of Lafreniere. They want to get more out of Capo Caco. I get it, understandably so. Caco is so close. It feels like the only element of his game that's missing right now is his ability to finish those scoring opportunities. And you got to believe that's going to come in time. And once it does, man, the floodgates could open and Capo Caco could uh, really become a big-time contributor for the Rangers uh, before this season is over. But first and foremost... All the best to Capo Caco. Let's hope that he gets better and uh, can hopefully come back to the Rangers in relatively short order here. This also kind of goes back to what I said about Caco last year, where there's times where it just feels like he's snake-bitten. You know, he had that game against the Penguins last year where he scored in overtime. He had a game where he scored twice. And then, you know, the next thing you know, he's out of the lineup with an injury, and that kind of just slowed down his momentum a little bit. And so, uh, again, you know, Caco was really playing well, and for whatever reason, we don't know if Caco actually has COVID or he doesn't. Maybe he just came in contact with somebody who has COVID, but whatever the reason might be, he has to come out of the lineup when he's playing some of the best hockey that he's played as a member of the New York Rangers. So definitely unfortunate timing. I mean, look, there's never a good time to go onto the COVID protocol list, but uh, yeah, once again, all the best to Capo Caco, and let's hope that he uh, is healthy and gets back to the Rangers as soon as possible. And then uh, Philip Heedle, you know, he's still out with an upper body injury. Heedle too was actually placed on the uh, COVID protocol list, but it kind of uh, coincided with his upper body injury. So obviously it's great that Heedle is no longer on the COVID list and that he's fine from that perspective. But even if he wasn't on the COVID list, he wouldn't have been able to play because uh, this upper body injury occurred before he went on the COVID list and it's lasting past him going on the COVID list. Uh, David Quinn didn't offer too many specifics when asked about Heedle. He just said, we're hoping to get him back sooner rather than later. And yeah, uh, I would share those sentiments for sure. Heedle was initially given a four to six week timetable. Uh, we have actually just hit the four week mark. And all you can really do if you're a Ranger fan or even a member of the New York Rangers, just kind of keep your fingers crossed. Hope that he gets back sooner rather than later. Because, you know, you look at all the players that are missing out of this lineup. We're going to be without Panarin for two weeks. We're going to be without Kako for an undisclosed amount of time. And Philip Heedle himself was off to a white-hot start to this season. He was just looking really dangerous in the five games that, he's, that he played. Scored two goals, had an assist, and, you know, the Rangers are thin at center. Mika Zibanejad, this has not been a banner season for him. Ryan Strom, I mean, he's been okay at times, but even he uh, hasn't played at the same level that he was at last season. So to be able to get Philip Heedle back, put him back out there at center, uh, that's going to be huge, especially, once again, when you're dealing with life without Artemi Panarin, and to a lesser extent, Capo Kako. And I realize Panarin is a left winger, Kako's a right winger, Heedle's a center, they don't all play the same position, but when you're missing Panarin, and again, to a lesser extent, Capo Kako, you need all the help you can get. The Rangers have struggled to put the puck in the net this season, and Philip Heedle can definitely help them in that department. So again, fingers crossed, it sounds like he's not going to play tonight, but uh, who knows, maybe he'll be back out there for Friday's game against the Boston Bruins. I have not heard anything definitive one way or another there, so yeah. Fingers crossed. Rangers have also made a roster move. They call up Johnny Brodzinski from the taxi squad. Uh, Brodzinski played in one game with the Rangers earlier this season, so if that name sounds familiar, that could be why. Uh, but Brodzinski is 27 years old. He's a former fifth-round pick of the Los Angeles Kings back in 2013. He went number 148 overall. Uh, as I mentioned, played in the one game with the Rangers this season. That was on February 1st against the Penguins. Uh, interestingly enough, it was the, the game that he played for the Rangers against the Penguins 
The fact that he was active was also due in large part to the fact that Capo Caco was on the COVID protocol list at that time as well. So uh, Brodzinski gets another chance here. In his only game with the Rangers this season, he put one shot on goal, took a penalty, and had seven minutes and 33 seconds of ice time. For his career, he has skated in 58 games, six goals, six assists. Uh, you never know what can happen, though. You know, look at somebody like Colin Blockwell. Look at somebody like Anthony Potato. These are two players that no one was really talking about at the start of the season. They were unheralded free agent pickups by the New York Rangers, and lo and behold, they've both found their way into this lineup, and they've both become very important parts to this lineup. I mean, Colin Blackwell is not going anywhere. He's been great for the Rangers, and especially now with all the injuries to the other forwards. I mean, Colin Blackwell could very easily be in a top-six role tonight for this Ranger team, and he's somebody that the Rangers are going to have to lean on going forward, which is crazy because, you know, at the start of the season, like I said, he was inactive, and he was somebody who came over with little to no fanfare whatsoever, and now uh, becoming a pretty important part to this team. And Anthony Potato, the same thing can be said, maybe to a slightly lesser extent, but ever since he's gotten into the lineup, he hasn't come out of it. And his opportunity was due in part to injuries to Jack Johnson, injury to uh, Brennan Smith, and of course, Ke'Andre Miller missed, I believe it was one game or a game and a half. He left the one game and then missed the next game, but he's back. So Anthony Potato got a shot, and I don't think that the Rangers are looking to take him out of the lineup because overall he's played very well. Uh, somebody that can apparently play on the power play. They had him out there on the power play recently and can play on the penalty kill as well. So the whole point of this is that you never know what can happen. If Johnny Brzezinski plays well and... Uh, you know, obviously the Rangers, they're going to be without Artemi Panarin for two weeks. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Philip Heal when he's going to be back. Capo Caco, same thing. So there's an opportunity here. If you're Johnny Brzezinski, uh, maybe you stake your claim to uh, sticking in the lineup even when some of those guys get back. I mean, he's not going to take Artemi Panarin's roster spot, but you get what I'm saying here. He can stake his claim to uh, potentially staying in the lineup, staying active on game night in the uh, foreseeable future. And all of this leads me into what the Rangers can do with their line combinations. I know that we, a lot of us, I don't want to speak for everybody, but myself, a lot of Ranger fans, I think you want to see some continuity uh, as far as guys being able to play with the same line mates for a couple games in a row, build that chemistry. But man, when you've got players dropping like flies like the Rangers seemingly have right now, again, no Panarin, no Kako, no Hedl, you do have to kind of shuffle the deck a little bit and just try to go with a bunch of combinations that you think are going to work. But we're going to talk about that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Every Wednesday on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Evampato of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Whether it's a look at top-end contenders like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and Blackhawks, Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's go ahead and talk about potential line combinations for the Rangers tonight. According to a tweet from Vince Bercogliano, who was at yesterday's practice, uh, the top line sounds like it will be Lafreniere, Mika Zibanejad, and Pavel Buchnevich. I'm fine with this. I was really looking forward to seeing what a top line of Panarin, Zibanejad, and Lafreniere can do. I think that they had a nice first game together. Of course, we all know uh, Panarin not going to be available, 
But it's funny because coming into this season and really all throughout last season as well, you know, I'd have a couple people uh, reach out to me or, or just notice, you know, conversation on social media where people are saying, oh, man, put Mika and Panarin together. Put Mika and Panarin together. And, you know, it's tempting. It was definitely tempting last season when both those guys were just firing on all cylinders, uh, putting together all-star caliber seasons, and basically just stuffing the score sheet every single night. But that was just it. They were accomplishing all of that while not playing on the same line. And my big thing, anyone who's listened to this show for a while kind of knows uh, what I'm about to say here, but I'll say it anyway. Um, my big thing is that putting Panarin and Zibanejad on different lines, it allows both those guys to elevate the game of the other players on that line. If you put them together on the same line, then only one forward gets that benefit. If they're on different lines, then four players get to benefit from playing with either Panarin or Zibanejad. However, the reason I've kind of softened my stance on that recently is, A, the Rangers have just really struggled to score goals, and B, Mika Zibanejad himself has just struggled this season. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And so, whereas Zibanejad was kind of boosting the players around him last season, I think he's the one who this season could stand to get a little bit of a lift, get the Panarin bump, get the... Uh, the increase in productivity simply by way of playing on the same line as Artemi Panarin. And you could even say the same thing about Alexi Lafreniere. With Lafreniere, I mean, I'm not panicking. I, I think we have to be patient. Uh, he is still a teenager. He's still getting used to life in the NHL a little bit here. But facts are facts. I mean, we're now more than a quarter of the way through the season, and Lafreniere just scored his second goal, doesn't have any assists. So uh, I love the idea of putting Panarin with the two of them because he could elevate both of them and kind of get them going a little bit. And lo and behold, in this last game, Panarin puts it on a tee for Lafreniere and he scores and Mika Zibanejad got a goal as well. Now I realize Panarin didn't really have so much to do with that and it was an empty net goal for Zibanejad, but I still like the idea of Panarin maybe giving both those guys a little shot in the arm. We don't have Panarin, that's the cold hard truth right now, so we're going to have to be resourceful. And I think I do like that top line uh, that was tweeted out by Vince Mercagliano yesterday Mika Zibanejad centering Lafreniere on the left wing, Pavel Buchnevich on the right wing on the top line. Um, look, I mean, Zibanejad's been scuffling. Buchnevich, after a really hot start to the season, has slowed down quite a bit. And Lafreniere, like we said, he's only got two goals. But, I mean, are there any better options? I mean, you could put Chris Kreider up there on the top line if you want. He could either uh, sub in for Buchnevich or Lafreniere. But at the same time, I like the idea of splitting up Mika and Kreider because the magic, as we talked about, simply has not been there this season. And plus, you got to spread out the scoring a little bit. So why not? I mean, again, I know that Mika and Kreider have both not given the Rangers exactly what they would have expected this year. But I still like the idea. They're still two of the biggest Ranger threats, despite the underwhelming numbers. So let's put them on different lines. And that's what the Rangers have done. It looks like the second line is going to be Ryan Strom centering Chris Kreider and Colin Blackwell. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no other option for a second line center other than Ryan Strom. I know that uh, certain Ranger fans, you know, they're not that big on Ryan Strom. They think that a lot of his success last season came as a result of just playing with Panarin. And, you know, Strom doesn't go to the dirty parts of the rink. But, you know, Strom... He had a really good season last year. You have to give credit where it's due. And uh, he's starting to find it a little bit this year as well. He's gotten hot over these last couple of games, had a goal and an assist in the last game. And so when you combine the fact that he is starting to play a little bit better, it would seem after a ice-cold start to the season, and the fact that the Rangers just don't have any other options, Ryan Strom's got to be centering the second line. And Colin Blackwell, as far as him playing on the second line, hey, he's earned it. He's gone out there and he's played great for the Rangers. Three goals and two assists in eight games with the Rangers, and he's somebody who just goes out there every single night and plays hard. And it's crazy that he goes from a free agent afterthought to, you know, the one game they actually had him out there for a little while with Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. So that's quite the 180. And uh, like I said, he's earned the spot. I don't think the Rangers really have any better options, especially when you consider that Capo Caco is going to be out of the lineup. Uh, again, we don't know how long, but he's not going to be there tonight. So I think Blackwell's got to be your guy there.
For the third line, honestly, I would bump Kevin Rooney up to the third line and I would drop Brett Howden down to the fourth line. I just think Rooney has played better overall. Rooney's been kind of a pleasant surprise for the Rangers. Again, another under-the-radar free agent. Now, I think when the Rangers picked up Rooney, most people felt like he would probably be active on most game nights, whereas guys like Colin Blackwell and uh, you know guys like Anthony Potato weren't really expected to uh, suit up for the Rangers on game nights. Rooney, I, I think, was expected to suit up, but he's played well. Really strong forechecker is Kevin Rooney. Really good penalty killer and somebody that... You know, honestly, at this point, Brett Howden, I, I don't want to be mean here. I've, I've said that I'm not going to hold the fact that the Rangers made a bad trade against Brett Howden anymore, but he's been outplayed by Kevin Rooney. I think it's even at the point where Kevin Rooney has a better chance of putting up offensive numbers than does Brett Howden. So I'm going to put Kevin Rooney on the third line and give me uh, Phil DiGiuseppe on the third line as well and give me Julian Gauthier on the right wing. I think there's part of me that's tempted to even put Gauthier up onto the second line and move Colin Blackwell down to the third line. I don't know how that would fly with Ranger fans. I don't think that's something that uh, Coach Quinn is necessarily going to do. But if there was ever a time to really just tell Julian Gauthier, you know what, man, sink or swim, it's it's now or never. You're getting into the top six. You're getting to play with prominent players like Chris Kreider and, and Ryan Strom. This would be the time to do it. When you don't have Panarin, when you don't have Kako, and when you don't have Philip Hedl, and when there are openings. Because the Rangers, you know, they traded for Julian Gauthier last season, and I know that he hasn't really produced that often at the NHL level, but he's put up fantastic numbers in the AHL. And if there was ever a time to just give him a little bit of rope, a little bit of leash, and just see what he can do, and finally find out uh, what Julian Gauthier is all about, and if he's going to be a key part of this rebuild or not, this might be the time to give it a shot and uh, throw him onto the second line there. So I was tempted to do that. We'll keep him on the third line, but hopefully he gets some more minutes, because we're never going to find out what we have in Julian Gauthier if you just put him out there on the fourth line for seven minutes a night. That's just not going to work. I realize that an increased role, increased ice time, uh, a move up the lineup, all those things have to be earned. I get that. But at a certain point, you got to find out what you have in Julian Gauthier. As good as Colin Blackwell has been so far this season, you know, I don't know that he has the type of upside that Julian Gauthier does. I Maybe I'm wrong because Colin Blackwell has been great. And maybe he's somebody who just needed an opportunity. But sooner or later, I would like to see Julian Gauthier get a chance, uh, maybe even in a top six role, especially while the Rangers have all these injuries and they could look to catch lightning in a bottle with somebody like Julian Gauthier. Maybe he takes off if he's in a bigger role uh, with better line mates and uh, more ice time. It's possible. So I was really torn there, but I will stick for now with Colin Blackwell on the second line over Julian Gauthier on the third line, just because, you know, I, I think Blackwell has earned it. It's really just as simple as that. He's earned this bigger role, and uh, hopefully he can continue to be a big-time contributor for the Rangers going forward here. He's going to have to be, because like we said, Rangers really hurting with injuries. And then the fourth line, that would leave you with Brett Howden centering Brennan Lemieux and Johnny Brodzinski. It's kind of just, this would be the line by default. I mean, Brennan Lemieux, I think, uh, you know, we've talked about him in the past. He's kind of uh, a pretty prototypical fourth-line player. Somebody who can go out there and just make life difficult for, you know, the opposing top six. He'll throw his weight around. He'll play the mental game, all that fun stuff. Brett Howden, to me, has been outplayed by Kevin Rooney this season. That's why I'm going with Howden on the fourth line, Kevin Rooney on the third line. And then uh, Johnny Brodzinski, you know, he's just making his second appearance for the Rangers. So uh, put him out there on the fourth line to start. If he plays well, who knows? Maybe he claims a bigger role for himself. But that's what I would go with uh, going into this game here tonight. And speaking of tonight's game, we've got our goalie matchup going to be Igor Shesterkin against Brian Elliott. You guys know, just from watching these games, going by the stats, going by the eye test, go by whatever you want, Igor has definitely found his game after a shaky start to the season. His record is up to 4-5-1. and one. His goals against average is all the way down to 2.23 to go along with a 9.22 save percentage. He's actually going to be facing the Flyers for the first time in his career. Uh, Georgiev started this past Thursday, claimed a 3-2 win in the shootout against Philly. Igor then picked up a 4-1 win against the Capitals in the Rangers' most recent game, and he'll be back out there tonight 
He's been hot. He's held the opposition to two or fewer goals in six of the last seven starts that he's made. Uh, let's hope that he makes it seven out of eight tonight because the Rangers could certainly use it. He might have to because, you know, the Rangers, like we've been talking about, they're obviously missing some big-time firepower, and uh, they might be in a position where they need Igor to steal a game. We'll see if he's up to the task tonight. Uh, the Flyers, they're going to go with 35-year-old Brian Elliott. So the Rangers will be getting their first look at Elliott this season as well. Carter Hart started the last Ranger-Flyer matchup, and Elliott's been really good to start the season. He's 3-1 and one with a 2.25 goals against average, a 9.28 save percentage. He has vastly outplayed Carter Hart. Uh, Hart certainly is the guy that the Flyers hope can become their franchise goalie, though he has definitely been outplayed by Elliott so far this season. And the Rangers, after beating Hart, they will look to get another win over the other Flyer goalie in tonight's game. Uh, we'll see if they're up to the task. For what it's worth, Elliott played in the third period of Philly's most recent game against the Bruins on Sunday. That was the Lake Tahoe game, a 7-3 loss for the Flyers. In relief in the third period, Elliott stopped 11 of 12 shots, but this is actually going to be Brian Elliott's first start since February 5th because the Flyers... They had several postponements, and, you know, maybe the Rangers can take advantage of a goalie who would seem to be rusty. I know he played the third period against the Bruins, but that's it. That's the only period of hockey that Elliott has played since February 5th. So we'll look and uh, see how it shakes out later tonight. The other news, and we talked about this a little bit on Monday, but the Rangers going to be letting fans back into Madison Square Garden for Friday's game against the Bruins. It'll be interesting to see how that looks. From what I understand, arenas in New York can go up to 10% capacity and no higher, so I would imagine the Rangers will uh, definitely hit that quota. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. If you happen to be at the game, you know, tweet out a picture, get in touch somehow, let me know uh, how, it, how it went, and uh, we can talk about it on an upcoming episode of Lockdown New York Rangers. And something else that's kind of been uh, a rumor that's been floating for some time is that Jack Eichel... Uh, his name keeps coming up in trade rumors, and specifically in trade rumors to the New York Rangers. There seem to be some thoughts that the Rangers have enough prospects, they have enough draft picks, they have enough basically just capital to get the job done if they wanted to go all in and uh, strike a trade for Jack Eichel. I'm certainly open to the idea. It's one of those things where I'll believe it when I see it, but we will talk about it in greater detail in a future episode. I just remain skeptical because I've joked about this before on the show, but it seems like Eichel's name comes up in trade rumors about every four or five weeks, and I guess we've uh, hit that mark here. Maybe it's been five weeks since the last time Eichel was mentioned in a trade, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. I have mixed feelings on the Rangers, you know, doing a, a trade for Jack Eichel. It would depend, of course, on how much they would have to give up, but uh, yeah, that's something we will talk about certainly in a future episode. The other news is that we've got our 300th episode coming up at the end of the week here. Today is 298. Tomorrow will be 299, and I'm not sure. I might do an episode on Friday, or I might save uh, the episode for Saturday rather than Friday, simply because the Rangers play against the Bruins on Friday night, so it might make more sense to record an episode on Saturday and talk to you guys about it then. And if that's the case, then, you know, we can roll the dice, and hopefully the Rangers win, and we can celebrate episode number 300 with uh, a nice Ranger win over the rival Bruins together on Saturday. So I, I think I am leaning that way. I think I just talked myself into it. I think uh, we'll probably end up doing an episode on Saturday rather than Friday this week. But that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.